Hello and welcome to a very rainy and cold afternoon in Tyler, Texas. This is Bill Allen coming to you from the downtown area at West Irwin Church of Christ, uh, where it is quite cold for down here in Texas land. Uh, I think 32, 33 is about where it's been all day. And now we have some steady rain and we'll likely have some freezing rain as the day and evening progress. But uh, hopefully you're warm and safe and dry wherever you are. I'm very thankful for all of my blessings on this cold and rainy day. Uh, and one of those great blessings is to have the Word of God and to be able to study it and to be able to share uh, and with other study as well, not just with uh, you there uh, that are watching this on Facebook, either live or later. Uh, we show it on our website, westerwin.com, Irwin with an E. E-R-W-I-N, and uh, you click on the connect uh, tab and you scroll down the live streaming page and that'll take you to the video archive, uh, archive. and you can find previous lessons there. You can watch it uh, live on my Facebook page and you can also watch it later on this page, but also on uh, our West Irwin Live and West Irwin Church of Christ Facebook pages. So lots going on. Eric and Cindy are joining in. So hello to you guys. Glad to see you. Uh, it's nice to be able to know that there are people out there, and uh, it is a great blessing to be able to share with you from two wonderful devotional books. If you're doing some daily devotionals, it's not too late to start if you haven't. I, As I said all last year, with uh, the Daily Bible in Chronological Order, working with F. Lagarde Smith's great work, um, read today's reading first and then go back and catch up. Both of the books we're using, uh, the book on Thursdays is a book on the Psalms called the Songs of Jesus by Timothy Keller and uh, his wife as well. And uh, that one is uh, a great, great book. And then the one today is My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And so we're looking at those on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they're short reads each day. You won't spend a lot of time. So I encourage you to do that if you can. Uh, but today we're looking at uh, some of the previous week's uh, reading. Uh, a couple of days ago, we started looking at some thoughts that um, Oswald Chambers has on consecration. You know, there are some $1.298 religious words, as I call them, justification, sanctification, consecration, uh, redemption. There are all kinds of uh, words that uh, we think we know what they mean, and we kind of do, and that's probably true, but sometimes they're a little bit fuzzy. And so today, uh, during the last few days of readings, we read a little bit about consecration, and so I wanted to share a little bit on that. He starts in a place where I'm, I don't, I kind of wondered where he was going. The chapter was look again and consecrate, and then he quotes a verse from uh, Matthew 6, one of Joyce's favorite passages. If God so clothes the grass of the field, will he not much more clothe you? And in this uh, reading, in that day's reading from January 26, he talked about uh, how God takes care of the lilies of the field, as the song goes and the scripture goes, the grass of the field in the NIV, and also uh, how he takes care of the birds of the air. And, um, and so I thought, well, what does that have to do with consecration? And so I read a little bit and then I got it. Um, he first said, makes this statement, which I think is a great statement. A simple statement of Jesus is always a puzzle to us because we will not be simple. <laughs> and for preachers, it's double that. It's even worse because we're going to take the simplest statement from Jesus and try to make a sermon out of it and uh, try to have a series of, of lessons on it. Well, I think we all uh, have, have trouble with just accepting something 
that's simple yet profound. The parables are that way, simple and profound. Uh, and this statement of Jesus, if God so clothes the grass of the field, and we could say the birds of the air, will he not much more take care of you? And so Chambers goes on to talk about how when we lose ground in our fellowship with God, and we think we know better than Jesus. Jesus says, you know, stop your worrying. I'll, I'll take care of things. Do what's right. I have a wonderful mug at home that Joyce replaced for me because I shattered the other one in a billion pieces. But it's always been a favorite of mine. And it simply says, I do my best and leave the rest to God. Well, the fact that we trust in the Lord doesn't give us permission to not do our best and to not, uh, you know, not take care of things. Faith without works is dead, James reminds us. And so, yes, we do trust in God, but we also seek to do his will. And a part of doing his will involves some of those things. Uh, but I, you've heard me say many times, if you've been watching for long, or if you're one of our West Irwin members for sure, or even some at my previous churches where I've served in North Carolina or Arlington, Texas, or San Antonio, it's, I've come to believe two things about God. I believe that God exists, and I believe that I'm not him. And it's that last part that gets us into trouble, I think, a lot. We believe that, uh, we, we say that we're not him, but yet we still try to run our own lives. And what happens when we do that is we get away from the business that he has for us and start trying to take care of a bunch of other things that really he's not calling us to do. And that's where the idea of consecration comes in. Uh, Jesus said that if we have the right relationship with him, uh, that he'll take care of things. Now, he won't take care of them maybe exactly like we want him to. We won't have everything we want. And I hear the rolling stones in my head. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometime, you just might find you get what you need. Well, I'm not sure that they're very theological, but that is a great way of saying that, uh, that we may not always get what we want. We won't always get what we want throughout our lives, but if we trust in the Lord and look to him and continue to seek to do his will, then, um, then we will have what we need. It just uh, may be different than what we expected. So again, I'm, I believe in God. I believe that Bill's not God. And so Bill has to trust in God to do God's job. But God has a job for Bill too. And that's consecration. God has a job for you. He has work that he wants you to do. And it's, and it's, it's not his work as the creator and sustainer and savior of the universe. But it's your work. It's the ministry that he has for you. Uh, and so this great quote, and I think it's so good, consecration is the act of continually separating myself from everything except that which God has appointed me to do. It is not a one-time experience, but an ongoing process. You know, justification is a one-time process. God justifies us. We are cleansed from our sins. Uh, as Romans 6 says, we die to sin. We're buried with Christ through baptism into death and we're raised to live a new life. That new life starts right then. We are justified because of the blood of Jesus and our response of faith, accepting that sacrifice. Uh, but consecration and sanctifi sanctification are a little different. Uh, sanctification is God continually working on me to make me holy and pure. Consecration is more my part. Consecration is where I set myself aside and I seek to consecrate myself, uh, to set myself uh, to the side and for a specific purpose. 
uh, it's more pointed, it's more focused. And sanctification involves the whole lifelong process of our becoming holy. Consecration is also a process, as he said in that quote, but it's more of me seeking to do what God is calling me to do right now. I'm consecrating myself to do that. I'm separating myself. I'm making sure that that's what I'm doing. And when I get into trying to do God's job or trying to do someone else's job instead of my job, then I haven't consecrated myself. Consecration is the act of continually separating myself from everything except what God has appointed me to do. And again, not a one-time experience, but a lifelong process. But it's a process that we can do through the power of God. And so Matthew 6 goes on to say, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things that you're worried about, uh, you'll have what you need. All these things will be added to you. Don't worry, Matthew 6 says. Don't be anxious, Philippians 4 says. Um, and even in the parable of the sower and the soils, uh, the different kinds of soils, remember the soil uh, that was thorny soil? Uh, there were uh, uh, one of the things that um, uh, Oswald Chambers brings out in a subsequent reading this week was the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things will choke out the life of God in us. And then he says this, we are never free from the recurring waves of this invasion. And that's why consecration is an everyday thing. We, we, every day, we seek to know what God's will is. And I believe that the way we do that is, first of all, through reading the Bible and reading scripture. That is the inspired and authoritative word of God. And nothing we feel or hear that's going to be God's will is going to uh, violate the teaching of God's word, the Bible. But we also pray and we ask for the Holy Spirit to lead us and to help us find what that will is and to give us the strength to be able to do that. Uh, we are never free from the recurring waves of the invasion of the cares of this world. They seek to overwhelm us sometime. And right now we, we certainly feel it with all of the, the, the turmoil that's going on in our nation and around the world today. But you know, the world has always been the world. It always will be. Jesus said, as we've said before from John 16, verse 33, in the world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so I'm telling you this, Jesus said in that verse, so that you might, even in the midst of a world full of turmoil, telling you this so that in the midst of that, you might have peace. We seek to know what the will of God is, and we seek to do that will. And so we, we remember that we face different circumstances, but I think a part of consecration says, as my good friend Marla Canifax shared on her Facebook page, um, uh, you know, she said that the book that we're studying, Stand Up, Stand Strong by Sarah Barrett on our on our Sunday morning Bible class, some of our classes, and in my sermon series right now, that I encourage you to listen to, um, that she reminded me that it's a call uh, that God has placed us right where he wants us. He, we're in the circumstances and the place that we're in because that's his will. He wants us to be there, and he wants us to consecrate ourselves to being his person in that world at this time. And, uh, and sometimes that's harder than at other times. Uh, 
And, and again, it's difficult to find what that is. And so we read the Bible, we pray, we think and meditate on those things, and we talk to trusted friends or family about them. And then we figure out that this is what God is calling us uh, to do and to say. And so we do that and we say that. Chambers says, beware of allowing yourself to think that God says this while not understanding your circumstances. Jesus Christ knows our circumstances better than we do. And he says we must not think about these things to the point where they become the primary concern or focus of our life. Whenever there are competing concerns in your life, be sure you always put your relationship to God first. That's what it means to be consecrated to God. We seek Him first. We put His will before our own. And we seek to live for Him every single day. I hope and pray that you, too, are living a consecrated life, a life that is given over to being obedient to the call that God has placed on your heart, uh, even today in the midst of whatever circumstances you're in. Look forward to seeing you on Thursday. And uh, we'll be in the Psalms, and that'll be fun. Have a good rest of your week.